0: And rental car podcast with your hosts Top Fuel Cam you Cameron Faray and his co-host it's Mr. It's top it's top it's
1: Sportsman it's Don, Don O'Neill. On
0: yeah. What's up, West Coast Cam? Hi, Don. <laughs> it's way late in the day for you to be doing the, the sombersome high Don. Yeah no I'm I'm good. I've
1: been uh having a lot of quality time with my uh my little guy. He's been tuckering me out during the day, playing daddy daycare. So
0: life is good. Life is good, huh? Well, I'm on the verge for us being this late in the day. I actually should be drinking a cold beverage this time and not you.
1: Yeah, well, are you? No.
0: No, I'm not. You can tell that I'm not based on the fact of you being able to see what's behind me. And even though our listeners can't see, they know I'm not drinking. Although, I think if my memory is fast forwarding, I think the next two weeks I probably will be drinking a beverage because I will be in Bowling Green and then we will be in Indy. So I will be in Indy while you are going to be on an airplane coming to Indy, and we're going to have to figure out what bar in California Airport that you're going to record a podcast from.
1: Now we're talking. It's a good question because, yeah, I'm I'm actually, as of right now, the way my schedule is working out, probably not going to get to Indy until pretty late. I'm probably going to have to take the red eye on a Thursday night to get there.
0: Yeah, so our listeners, uh, the next two weeks should be uh, – very entertaining for them
1: yeah well it always is i mean well at least i think so yeah i don't know all i all i know is my wife cracks up over don never me but always don every time she listens to this thing so
0: well you know i've been associated with circus clowns and 23 years in the military i got a whole lot of you know stupid i guess but you can't fix it Cannot right. fix it. What, what do he say? You can fix your boobs. You can fix your face. You can fix your nose. You can't fix stupid. That's Right. Cannot. That? Fi- cannot fix stupid. So All what's right. going on in the world of racing? I haven't. I've kind of been checked out for like the past week dude, or so. Got, dude, a,
1: got a lot going on, man.
0: Dude, I have no. Honestly, honestly, I don't really know. I, I to be. I'm kind of in the same boat with you. Uh, last week. You know, we had kind of an off week type situation. Uh, We did go to a uh, NHRA National Open, if you will, the door slammers in Ohio Valley, where I have no problem admitting I sucked horribly. Uh, Probably deserved to be fired after last weekend. I didn't even know
1: you raced last weekend.
0: See? I thought you, I thought you were we going to be, you we used to be friends. I thought you were going to say you didn't even <laughs> didn't even know I raced. I was going to be like yeah, after last weekend, it, pre- it pretty much looked like I never have. Uh, wait, wait a
1: minute, you raced? You yeah,
0: race no, 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 race my mouth. You didn't know? That's my ex-wife's divorce letter. Well, we all know that. Ah, uh, What do they say? Don't ra- what do they what the, what did UPS used to say? He wants to race the truck. Who was that? Was that Dale Jarrett? What was the NASCAR thing? What didn't it used to be race the truck? Yeah. Who was I? Don't remember who that was. I forget who was sponsored by it, but yeah, yeah, race the truck, truck, race the truck for sure. No, yeah. So, but I can give a shout out to my owner since I suck so bad. He did make the trip up there to the World Series of Pro Mod on Thunder Mountain and came home with a big fat ten grand check. Took care of business on the mountain from down here in the farmlands of Southern Indiana up there to the mountain and brought home 10k
1: i did see that that's freaking awesome congrats to jb that's freaking rad making money but my question is did he split
0: there was a no split and i think yes and i think i can tell the story now and if not it doesn't matter i don't really care so anyway um they went in right you know like most racers You know, I I hate to say it, but most purses are top heavy. Winner gets a big chunk. Runner-up, semis, you know, they don't really get that much. So, I guess the way, and I'm going to kind of try to paint the picture based off of the wording. They were in the staging lanes for the final. And the conversation started. The question was asked, do you want to split? How much was runner-up? So, at first, there was no runner-up money. It was ten grand, winner take all that's how okay. it was advertised, right? Okay. So then someone overheard on the radio that it was winner ten, runner up two. So okay. one of the, the contestants in the final round decided to name any names. <laughs> not naming any names, decided they didn't want to split.
1: And pulled a PJ North and said, I don't split, so don't ask to make deals, and just drove his car straight up to the starting line. I like it. Well, you
0: know, my my favorite one is hearing Adam Davis, like, you know, famous footbreak guy down in Alabama. He told a guy one night, he said, look, the advertised flyer says two grand to win. I came to run for two grand. If I can't beat your ass, I don't deserve the two grand, and got in the car and drove to the water box. That's what, I mean, you know, how are you gonna just roll up here and decide? I mean, ten, twelve grand between two, and you're all the way in Denver, mm. and you didn't want to split. I know who came home with the money. <laughs> I'm just saying.
2: That's it, pretty cool.
0: D- diesel fuel ain't cheap. Heard that. You know what I mean. And they were up there. De- they are up there in their Coors Light, so there was a lot of Coors Light that they they could buy with ten Shh. grand.
1: I hope to hell he stopped there and loaded up the motorhome.
0: Well, they did go on the on the brewery tour. I got the photos of that. You know, while I'm over in Louisville, Kentucky, like home of Bush Light or whatever that they got <laughs> over there. Uh, you know, and they're in the
1: redneck that you are. Oh
0: yeah, no, I drink Coors Light, and everybody gives me a hard time for it around here because everybody around here drinks Bush Light, and I don't get it. I don't understand. Just saying. in a friend. Um, but so yeah, so that was a highlight for the week. Pretty good deal. We're excited about that. That gives a a good springboard as we're rolling into Bowling Green in Indy. Looking forward to the U.S. Nationals, first national event with your first U.S. Nationals with top sportsmen, top drags are going to be a big deal. But other than that, the only thing I can tell you is is that I was a little bored cam and i was searching around on youtube because you know i'm all Hopefully. about trying i'm all about trying to get our our programming here going for our youtube podcasts and um i started looking through the nhra stuff and came across you know how they do analytics and stuff and so i'm looking for nhra videos that have over a million views in less than 30 days right so i'm doing these searches And you're not going to believe what, okay, here, guess what video, you know, we've had some big stuff happen in NHRA lately in the last 30 days. Guess which video had over a million views in 30 days? Mm. I mean, Cam, we've had some, we've had a lot of significant historic events.
1: Yeah. Are we talking race wins? What are we talking? Well, I, I mean, you had force. He won 150, right? That's what I'm talking. That's I, I'll, uh, let's 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 just go with that one, just because nope.
0: I want to keep the suspense rolling. Nah, that's that, it's not there yet. Humor me. Humor you. I need a drink to humor you. You're on the west yes. coast. It's true. So I don't. So you were in Seattle, right? Yes, sir. Did you see this monster run into a concrete wall with a top fuel Harley?
1: I did not see it. Well, let me take it back. I did see the video, which was, if I'm assuming this, uh, you're going that route. So I'm going to say that I was probably one of the million that watched this video that you're speaking about. Um, But I heard it. I was working on the car in the pits, and I heard that there was that going on and by the sounds of it that was going through the the top fuel pits it didn't sound very good so um but after watching the video i'm pretty sure this guy has like a golden horseshoe shoved up his ass or something because it's amazing that he walked away (laughs) and is still alive and i'm thank the high heavens for that because it didn't look very
0: good dude so jb and i were actually in the shop and working on the car and on my car, and we both were like stunned. He, I mean, just the call, the fact because one, so Ty Tharp is someone that I've known for like we got to be close to like two decades. I met him down in Daytona Beach a long time ago when the army Spevco was building our army displays on the Midway and in Met. Hi, i mean we we talk we send texts back and forth just we kind of he obviously grew up a lot different than i did but we kind of grew up in the same area be, me being uh around the rockingham fayetteville north carolina area so we've known each other so anytime i hear his name get said I, you know i'll roll out from underneath the car or whatever or look up to watch and so i'm watching and, and I'm thinking, as Ty's going down the racetrack, and the front end wheel is cocked, and I'm like, when that thing sets down, oh, man, which direction is he going to go? So I was not even watching the guy in the other lane until I had no choice but to watch this guy <laughs> go into a wall. And I'm thinking, yeah. I'm thinking, what's better for him? To hit the wall or go across the wall you know i'm thinking what after the fact i'm going what would i have done would i have tried to superman over the wall and not you know maybe roll on the grass you know Blacks bypass the, right bypass the asphalt i mean i'm just throwing it out here you know hey let me see grass over there asphalt over here eh, i don't know but dude i was stunned I am definitely one of the million that have watched the video slow mo. I put it on. I video recorded on my MacBook so I could slow it down. He wrote. I mean, dude, I got to stop talking. I mean, it was it was by far.
1: Tell you it, what, why don't you do this? Why don't you call his ass
0: up? I don't know. He, I mean, we could. I mean, I got his number. I want to hear it from the horse's mouth. Well, but okay if he
1: eats steel balls for breakfast i want to know because i'm a fan of this dude oh
0: well, he crap dude he got my freaking attention all right i'm gonna call up this guy and we're gonna hear his story and i i don't know i hope he tells it good and for our listeners this is just one of those holy shit uh type stories so but nonetheless let's call up mr bo lane Bo, you there, sir? Hey, I'm here. Well, good afternoon to you. What's happening? How are you doing? No, no, no. No, I should (laughs) be asking you how you're (laughs) doing. I was thinking the same thing. So, Bo, Cam and I have been talking about your, obviously, what we're going to call social media historic event uh, that took place a few weeks back. And before we dive into that with our listeners, why don't you tell us a little bit about Bolane and how Bolane decided he was going to climb on a NHRA top fuel nitro Harley? Ah, man, that's, a not
2: a very exciting story, but, uh, I'll tell it, uh, I've always been a motorcycle car guy, always been a Harley guy, never really rode anything else, but a Harley and, uh, had a little aftermarket shop here in ready and a local racer stopped by a uh, guy that rode a car grade, a nitro Harley, uh, Chris Kirby, a good friend of mine now uh, stopped by and showed me his bike and I couldn't believe what I was looking at. I was saying 400 horsepower out of a, you know, a Harley and uh, you know, shooting flames out the exhaust can't get any cooler than that. And that's when I realized I had to start racing and uh, yeah, you know, tried smaller bikes, you know, for a weekend here and there and for a weekend. Yeah. It was just. wasn't for me. You're 220 pounds, man, on a small bike. You're not going very fast, and you see everybody shoot by, you, and that uh, that hurts. Wait, wait a minute. Hold on. So
0: I love
1: everything about that. I it, rode this for a
0: weekend, and uh, this is
1: for piss- this is for a bunch of pussies. So I, let's go straight to the top.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm thinking. What was he on? Like a a Suzuki Katana 600 or something for? And it lasted like a night. And he's like, okay, I'm going to the shop tomorrow. I'm getting a <laughs> thousand. I mean, how did that go? No, you know, it started out with a. Buell 1000.
2: Um, that lasted one race. I was like, man, this sucks. This, is, yeah, you know, a guy that I had uh, done a bunch of work for on his motorcycle at my shop, he went blowing by me, and he knows a bike that we had worked on, and that that wasn't cool. And so we bought a little gas bike at 116 inch, uh, you know, V twin in there, um, the Harley, you know, bracket bike, and it was about 140, 150 horsepower, and that lasted maybe one race and uh, yeah then a gas bike a couple hundred horsepower that lasted one race Then I, I ended up getting on a, a carbureted nitro bike like my buddy had and that lasted a couple races but i uh, got, got boring pretty quick too and then uh that's that's when i got in the top fuel harley there's it's never had a boring moment on those bikes i mean there's you know on the other other bikes about halfway down the track they quit pulling and st- that kind of stuff you know what i mean you on these bikes they don't quit pulling they pull you all the way through you know all the way to the wall sometimes i guess
1: so this so let me get this straight you were actually sober when you decided that you wanted to get on this thing yeah believe it or not (laughs) my my father-in-law he he's driven everything under the sun and he was drunk at the racetrack one night and uh was talking to what is his name joker's wild guy uh what
2: what is this? Uh, Andy Andy Bachman?
1: Name? Yes, and was talking to him, and I guess they were just having a heyday, just drinking, have a good old time, and and apparently at some point in time during the night he was like, yeah, I'll, hell, I'll write it, you know, blah blah blah, and then the next day, you know, obviously they sobered up, and he's like, so uh, what what weekend did you wanna did you wanna come and ride? He was like, <laughs> excuse me, he didn't yeah. remember it.
2: Yeah, but yeah, it's funny they everybody says they'll ride it until they hear it fire up. And flip yeah. the throttle once, and uh, yeah, they scatter. You don't see them again.
1: It's not that
2: for me. It's the fact that you have to wear
1: a bulletproof vest or a ballistic
2: vest, and the fact that you
1: cannot be on it when you start it.
0: Yeah, yeah. and none yeah. of that, so, none of none of that makes sense at all. None of that. Well, <laughs> you know, so I love
1: I love watching you. I love watching you guys, though. <laughs> I am a fan. I appreciate it.
0: Well, and I'm the same way from that standpoint. But you're like you know you watch sportsman classes and so forth. You know, the best place to be is always at the finish line, but I throw the Nitro Harleys in that aspect that you want to be as far down the racetrack as you possibly can and as high up as you possibly can to be able to see you guys come down the racetrack at us. That is because the mm. front, because you know when they're on a good run, when the front end, that front wheel is hanging in the air, and it's just dangling out there, and you see that little wisp of smoke as it sets the front tire down, and you guys just go blazing through it, six twenties and six thirties. That's just that's that's when you know when you're standing behind you, you really don't know. You can't tell if you're really on a good run unless you just know the sounds that you guys are putting out.
2: Yeah, you know the. Down tracks, the best place to sit. That's my favorite place to sit when I'm watching. You know, go down to about the thousand foot, and uh, it's always you know watch them carry carry that front end at two hundred plus miles an hour, and uh, you know the body English and everything that goes into riding it. It's just it's amazing to watch.
0: It's just, just as fun to watch it as to ride almost. Well, well, okay. So you you went through like five bikes right there. You told us that you I don't know. It sounded like five. Maybe it was more. Five than Five
1: bikes in five weeks. Yeah, it's, it's, that's no, what it was. I said. It
2: was a couple. You know, it was
0: unfortunately on the west coast there's not a whole lot of races so it was stretched out over a year or two you know okay that's where i was going how long have you been riding motorcycles competitively on a racetrack drag racing how long you know what full
2: you know i'd only been to a handful of races before on, on the carbureted bike um so this is my really my second season you know competitively you know um yeah riding riding the bikes
0: Hey, Cam, wow. hey, just, you know, we're going to go from a, like a 10 second bracket bike over here and uh, let's go 620s at 230. Let's lo- load that shit up. I mean, yeah, it's whatever. I'm out. Yeah. No, thanks. <laughs> Not happening. Bo, that is... Now, see, that's... And, and the one thing about it that you can... We can totally compare is that like for most people door cars or dragsters or so forth, you're talking, you know, 20, 30, 40,000, 50,000 dollars for a vehicle, right? So that to go to race. You progressed through there and went through a bunch of bikes. And that is one thing that I have been told from a lot of bike guys is, is the reason why they don't race cars, not because they just love motorcycles, but the economics of the motorcycle side makes things so much more affordable so that being said make that either a truth or a lie if you're if you're being someone that you like racing and you want to go get into something i mean are we talking a quarter of a million dollars to have a top fuel harley nitro bike or you know are we talking you know i mean by the time it's
2: all said and done yeah you're looking it, it gets up there um it wasn't the economics of it um You know, if you're out there, you know, our fuel bill is the same as everybody else's the track going to and from the races, you know what I mean? Um, So, no, it wasn't an economic thing. I don't know for other guys, not that I've ever heard. It's more of just being a bike guy, you know what I mean? Um, You know, it seems like I have more control over my bike than I do my car when I'm driving. And that's kind of the way I feel, you know what I mean? It might not be the same
0: with all all the racers, but that's how it is here. Holy cow. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh no. Um <laughs> Okay, so let's let's talk about what I think. I mean, I met you a couple years ago. Uh I have talked to you a couple different times in the pits and so forth. But let's talk about what is the the 2019 season that I'm pretty sure is going to be on your resume uh for a long period of time. One you won your first Wally this year. How many? Not how many NHRA Top Fuel Nitro races have you entered, and that was your first Wally.
2: That was uh, I say it was my twelfth race. I did the full season last year, uh, the ten our ten race season, and then we had uh, Pomona Winter Nationals, and then I won Phoenix, and then wow. uh, then I ended up getting uh, the next win at the Gator Nationals. Got two in a row.
1: Dude, that's freaking awesome, man. Like it's 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 so crazy to think like, you know, guys like you, you know, even oh yeah, I, you know, I just dominated 12 races into it and, you know, there's people that have been racing for 40 years and never gotten a Wally. That's freaking awesome. They give you a big Wally, right? Like oh, a yeah, size. We get, okay.
2: We get the big Wally. they
1: they're, cons- they're, they're cons- it's now considered a professional category, right? Cuz of Mickey Thompson came in? Or no?
2: Um that's the rumor. Um <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? It, it, we have our, uh, you know, they give us some of the perks as the pros, but not all of them. Um, they're 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 treating us good. Um, cool, yeah, that's cool. You do get the big
0: quality, though. That was that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, hell yeah, that's that's. I mean, I guess if you're going to get any perk, that would be the one to get.
0: Well, oh, I, yeah. I I mean, he's obviously the the cliche of you know once you win your first one, it don't take that long to win your second one. Oh, well, let's leave Arizona and go to Gainesville. Oh, yep, there that one is. Yeah,
1: I mean he he seems to be he seems to like like to jump a lot of steps in his career you know i mean i'm just gonna go straight yeah. from from a go-kart to a nitro harley and then i'm gonna win a couple of races later and then i'm gonna win again and then you know
2: ah man so okay you know what it's 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 the people behind me you know i, I have my crew chief jack Realmine work real closely with mike Realmine, doug vansell uh, um that's what got me to where i was at without those guys i wouldn't be there and i got i got the greatest crew in the world and we work greatly together and um that's cool they're they're the uh, the secret to my success. Now,
1: before we before we get to the like the crash and all that, like I'm so interested in like I've never really gotten to talk to anybody that roads rides one of these things. What is it literally like? Because I get this question all the time on the top fuel stuff. Like, what's it like to drive a top fuel car? I'm extremely intrigued in this question. <laughs> what is it like to ride that thing? Like, is it? I mean, by the looks of it, it looks like a lot of body English, right? Because the front end is not on the ground. Sure. So is it literally like a point and shoot thing and then hope that you can lean enough to keep it off the wall or the center line or do they, for the most part, kind of go somewhat straight?
2: You know what, if, if you're set up right and the track's good, they, I mean, they, they're set up to go straight. You know, there's a lot of body English, like you said, to correct it. It, it is uh, you know, you aim for a spot in the, you know, at the end of the track and, uh, it's more reaction. You know what I mean? You, you don't really have time to think about, okay, I need to lean this way. You know what I mean? You got to be ahead of the bike. Cause once you're behind it, um, it, it isn't good. So it's, um, it, it's instinct. You know what I mean? That sort of thing.
1: I gotcha. That's cool. I, I, that's, that's awesome, man.
2: <laughs> you know how it is. Everybody asks you how it is to, to drive the car. And then we get that asked. you know, what's like to ride one of the bikes. And, oh yeah. Well, that's why I was, I was there's curious. no way to explain it. It's, um. Uh, you just do it's it. It's a right? lot of work, six seconds, uh, a rush. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, look, so my thing is, is, I think we've got, well, that did, I don't know if you've seen the Ron Caps video. He wore the HD glasses while he was at Norwalk this past week and inside the car at 3.9 seconds, right? And it was like awesome, you know, to see his view. I'm thinking, Bo, that you've got to get some HD glasses, put those on the next time you're on a bike because that's like firsthand experience right there i mean i how can you not be able to just visualize that as you're going down through there and it's just going by you uh and i'm sitting over here going yeah i'm out no i'm pretty stupid Dude, does dsr own those or who owns those glasses is it fox no it wasn't even a fox event it was just it was norwalk night of fire Oh, okay. I'm gonna have to come across because in, in
1: those in those new rules that they came yes. out, with, they said that you're allowed to wear those. So what I'm saying is, we need to find who actually owns those glasses. We need to give it to our buddy here.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. If uh, when when loans when loans hears the podcast on his uh, flight from Brainerd uh, back to the East Coast, and he's listening, Brian, get this guy some HD glasses for the next episode when he gets on the bike so let's let's fast forward to that uh tell us about seattle you know what it was um
2: it's always in the back of your mind going down you know what i mean it's it's part of the sport you know what i mean some i've heard people say it's not about uh if you go down it's when you go down that's always in the back of your mind um Felt good going up to the race. Um, Felt good the first pass and, you know, got down there. It came down, crossed up, which it happens, it it does that. And you're usually able to steer out of it. Well, when I did that, my hand was out in front of the fairing and uh, the wind just lifted my hand off the bars. And somehow I was able to get it, when you reach out for the brake, you gotta, you know, usually keep two hands on the, or two fingers on the grip, then you reach out with the other two fingers and grab the brake. I don't know if i did that or not everything instinct usually that's what happens um but anyway so wind blew my hand off the bars somehow i was able to grab the frame down by my crotch with the hand that came off the bars and the right hand was still on the bars and um again somehow i was able to get my hand back on the bars and get back over the bike by that time i was already across the center line and ties lane and for a split second across the line i was going to be able to save it but then uh, about the time that thought hit, the next thought hit was, uh, you're not going to be able to save this. So it was time to get the leg out of the way and hope for the best.
0: Hope for the hope for the best. At Now, I got to ask. So you, you guys use race pack, right? You guys have data. Yes. OK. What did the race pack say? Now, that's going to be a lateral G impact when it hits the wall. What what did it say? When it, how, how many G-forces was it when it hit the concrete wall? You know
2: what? I haven't got into the race back. Uh, my crew chief has it. i um, not really concerned on that right now. You know what I mean? It was, it's been a – I got up and walked away, and the re- reason for that was uh, to show my wife and kid that, you know, everything was cool.
1: 100%. Uh, that's all that matters.
2: That doesn't mean I was okay. You know, I spent five days in the, the hospital up in Seattle.
1: Yeah. Um, so what? What was the deal with that? Like, because they said at first they I heard through the grapevine that you had like broken your arm or something, and and then they
2: said, "Oh, did they airlift you?" No, they didn't. No, it was it no. was a it was a rough ride to the hospital. I wish they would have airlifted me. Might have <laughs> might have got a little bit of attention at the OR. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, they they put me in the ambulance there on the grounds and then that ambulance went off the grounds and met another, it wasn't even an ambulance. It was like a transportation thing. It was, you know, looked like an ambulance, but right. They didn't have nothing for the pain on there. I'll tell you that. And, uh, so they transferred me to the other one. Well, the first, that the second one passes us up and let's go turn around and come back and find us. I don't know how you miss an ambulance on the side of the road. Wait for another <laughs> one. And, uh, then it was about a, I don't know, 20 minute, half hour ride to the, to the ER. And, um, I got there and, you know, I wasn't freaking out, you know what I mean? I wasn't screaming or crying. I was in a lot of pain, don't get me wrong. But at that point, you're just trying to concentrate on, you know, keeping the pain manageable, you know what I mean? And, um, and they had me pretty well wrapped up, so I wasn't squirting blood anywhere anymore. And, uh, and they put me in the, the room and I sat, we sat there for about an hour before the doctor came and seen us and, uh, the nurse would come in every now and then I go, you know, I'd really like something for the pain. This is, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm trying to keep it, you know, keep my shit together, and not you know, yell or, you know what I mean, start demanding stuff. But I'm, gonna <laughs> but be- I'm about to lose it. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty much it. And uh, once they unwrapped my arm and seen the damage, then, uh, yeah, that room filled up real quick and got some apologies. And, yeah, they uh, they started working on me right away once they seen it. But uh, what happened was it, it didn't break the the arm, all, never broke a bone. Um, but when it – there was a point when I hit the wall that – I think my elbow took the impact. I don't know if it it doesn't really look like it ripped it open more of like a, let's say you take a watermelon and you smash it down the counter. Kind of just breaks open. You know what I mean? That's kind of what my elbow looks like. So, uh, you know, the main artery was exposed. Luckily it never, never nicked that or anything. Um, Yeah. I got some, some, uh, my tricep muscles, not where it's supposed to be. Got some uh, tendon damage but um, I'll, I'll be a hundred percent at one point.
0: So uh, that's, so that was something and you made that comment that, that you got up, you got up and you did that for your wife and kid. Now, were they there on the property with you or were they at home watching on and they're, they're with me. Okay. They're, uh, my wife has missed a couple. I think my son
2: has missed one of my races, but there's always, we do it as a family, you know, we, we're a tight family and uh, everybody chips in, works on it. That's um, awesome. Yeah, they're, they're, my wife was right there on the starting line. My son, he's 12, so he was as close to starting the line as he could he could get without getting kicked out of there. Right. And, uh, yeah, he he took it real well. He's he's a stud he goes, you know people are checking on him. You know what I mean? Because he just seen his dad, you know, right. hit a wall doing 200, and uh, he, like, you know, he's oh my dad's fine. My dad will be okay. And uh, yeah, he's he's a trooper. Uh, my wife, I don't know, she was a, uh, she would think she was. Trying to set some records there, doing a sprint down the track. But uh,
0: <laughs> finally somebody picked her up and gave her right down yeah. to me. But, yeah. Well, I saw, I saw you roll, like, six times. And, and you, were just, you were just doing a, a, an abbreviated form of a combat roll. And you, you just popped up. I mean, there was not – it wasn't like you were on your knees in a praying position of, oh, my God, what just happened – you just jumped up and i saw you kind of like i don't know motion towards ty or or or, you know i don't know if there was somebody that was down there yelling at you but i could just you kind of had your arm up and you could kind of tell that you knew it was hurt but it was like it just that quick a quick with a snap of a finger you were coherent you were letting everybody know hey i'm good i jumped up I want to know how much brunt did your leathers take, because that is, I actually got to see uh, Terry Vance when he hit the wall at Indy, and he rolled, what was that, in 87? I remember seeing that with my dad, and he jumped up, and the first thing he went to was his, went to the motorcycle. I remember as a kid, he, you know, went to his motorcycle, you jumped right up, and it was like you were... You could care less about the bike, but you wanted everybody to know that you were okay. So you saying that that was about your your wife and your kid, and letting them know back up the racetrack. What was going on in your mind right there? Because you you mentioned instinct. What it, what at that moment was going on in your mind?
2: You know, we'll back up a second. When I was rolling, you know, it, it's people ask you, did you know? Did it slow down? Was it slow motion? It, it wasn't slow motion. Uh, the thing was your mind just wicks, works quicker is the way I could describe it. You know what I mean? So I knew how fast I was rolling. I was, it wasn't, you know what I mean? It's like, is this ever going to end? That never had that feeling, but a lot of thoughts went through my head. And one of them was, um, you know, make t- trying to get out of ties away when I was rolling. I was like, man, I need to get, try to roll closer towards the wall. That way, you know, I'm not in front of tie. Um, some of the other thoughts was, well, it finally happened. I knew it wasn't going to go down eventually, and this is it. Hope everything works out. You know what I mean? And then as the rolling slows down, you know, it kind of, you know, okay, I'm, I'm still, you know, still coherent. I'm, I'm awake, you know, it never, never went out. And, um, I'm hurting, but I know I'm, I'm not destroyed. And so, you know, then the thought was, okay, get up just to, you know what I mean? Let everybody know you're okay. And when I got up, I looked down towards the bike, and it was, you know what I mean? That was, that was also a major concern, but. I think that was about the point the bike at the net and i i seen it you know what i mean it was the bike looked like one of those you know at a at a rodeo when the bull bucks the guy off and uh runs around the pin looking for like who's next <laughs> that's what remind me of you know what i mean it was it was on its own yeah it got me off and it looked like i wanted to keep going but i seen it in and hit the net and um about that time you know what i mean it was everybody's was yelling at me to sit down or get against the wall or you know what i mean
0: we're worried about those concussion factors.
2: Yeah. And then, you know, I've had, I've had concussions, you know, I, I've boxed before. That was, you know, something I, I like to do back, you know, a while back. And, uh, I've wrecked quite a few things, you know, having fun playing. And, uh, so I've had plenty of concussions and I knew right away there was, I wasn't, you know, I was telling those guys, you know, my neck and my back, my head, that's okay. But I don't think my arm is
0: man,
1: dude. So I mean, and by the way, we are so very thankful that you are okay. And and did, barring, I'm I'm very sorry to hear about your your elbow injury. That freaking sucks. But within reason, like we are so happy that you are uh, able to walk away from that and and all that. Um, how like you said, the the bike went into the net. Like, is that thing like destroyed? Like, is it toast or? Is it something that can be fixed or, or have you even?
2: You know what? Um, we're, we're still thinking on the frame. I'm just going to replace the frame. Uh, the, the frame maker, you front half some. Um, I, th- I think I'd, I feel better with a new frame. You know, unfortunately, I just sold one about three months ago. You know, I had it sitting here in my living room for a while and uh, sold to a friend back east and uh, hopefully get it back. And then um, there's a lot of bike, there's a lot of parts on the bike that are still you know the motor's still good, um, you know everything on the back half of the bike still good. Just everything pretty much that was on you know sitting in front of me besides the motor's destroyed exhaust, um, all the the race pack dash, you know there's a couple coils up under the front fairing, front fairing, front end rotors. Um, I just put some new Galfer rotors on there. They're they're toast. Um, that sucks. Well, yeah. okay. Well, yeah. that is all those parts you just all those parts you just bought, and you research and it's hard to find stuff and get it to you when Well, yeah, cuz a lot it. of those things
1: are custom made, right? Like I mean, yeah. it's not just like you just call DSR and say, "Hey, I need a new one."
2: Yeah, you know, you got to you got to do some searching and researching and you know, all that stuff to find the right stuff and you know, when you get it it's a little task you completed, you know what I mean? It was it was a chore to get it and and you feel happy when you get on there. So yeah, looking at it, I think I got home on uh, Wednesday and a friend of mine was up watching the race. He brought the bike home for me and came by on a Friday or I think it was a Friday. And so I've got to look at the bike and that kind of heartbreaking seeing all the all the hard work that went into it from a bunch of people, you know, somewhat destroyed. But it, it'll be back on track.
1: Okay, that, that was going to be my next question. Are we getting back on the horse?
2: Oh, we are. We are. Yeah, it's uh, going to be a little bit of healing. Uh, not going to get back on it as quick as I'd want to, but uh, I, I got to make sure I'm 100% before I get back on. Yeah. You know, it's one thing on these yeah. bikes; you don't want to, you know, it, it's a risky sport, and you don't want to, you don't want to get on there and not be ready to get on there. So, you know, i just got to okay. make sure my strength's back. Uh, I haven't been able to do a whole lot, so I know I'm weak, and uh, it's going to take a while to get all that back.
0: So nice. is so is 2020 the the plan right now? I mean, prognosis wise, I saw the saw the other video that you did from the hospital interview, kind of given the update that you did with competitionplus.com. Uh, what's what's like your prognosis? If you can share anything, I, I mean, it's uh, it, being injured is never a good thing, especially from an accident, especially when it was something that you're passionate about that you love to do. So so where where are you in the, the planning aspect what's realistic and then you know what's our uh, racer goal that, that, that is never never realistic it's our unrealistic that's attempt Racer uh, <laughs> go to india from in the championship <laughs> that's, that's, you know, that's right the, the goal but that ain't gonna
2: happen you know what i mean um, I'm, I'm missing the Brainer grace and you know ty's up there first now you know he's i want to say a couple rounds ahead of me um yeah, you know, that's that's where I'd like to be, you know, it was so close, you know, I I was number one in points for a lot of the season, you know, and there's, you, got, you have that championship on, the, on your mind the whole time, and, you know, when it gets, something like this happens and it's away from you, it's kind of, it's, it's heartbreaking, so, you know, we got to uh, 2020 come out strong and, and just, you know, pick up where we left off and, you know, win some races and be competitive and uh, be safe, most of all, and have a good time doing it.
1: Heck yeah, that's rad.
0: Uh, well, but, typical racer though, man. I know. I, I love every part of that. It's it, it, it's hard because it's hard for me over here because I know, uh, three, you know, four years ago I wrecked wrecked a car like first race out and, and testing and stuffed it in a wall. My wife wasn't there. That put the end all kibosh on me ever going to a racetrack without my wife present. Uh, she doesn't allow it to happen anymore, but I know how far that set, you know, it sets you back. You know, fortunately I wasn't hurt uh, other than pride, ego and, in the proverbial wallet. But when you stick something in and you've worked so hard to do something and it is passion based and you've got your family involved and, I, and I'm sure I'm sure your circle for top fuel nitro Harley is much closer and smaller than those of us in top sportsman or top dragster or even top fuel because there's there's less of you uh, being a top fuel nitro Harley rider in the world than there is the rest of us. So I'm sure that's um, I'm sure you've probably had some reach out from the community to kind of see what they can do to help you. How, how is that uh support been or has it been well Bo's out of here now i can i I might be able to slide in a second (laughs) you know what what's kind of been the the feeling and feedback that you've gotten
2: uh you know nobody's nobody's came off like that fortunately and I, i don't think they would in this in this class you know we uh we have our in the class you know we have our disagreements and our big you know we yeah disagreements about stuff but you know, the, everybody contacted me after the crash, you know, Ty and Jay and uh, yeah, you know what I mean? And um, it, it's been great. I've had offers to ride um, other bikes, you know, three or four of those for the Indy race if I'm ready. So that's that's still sitting there because my bike won't be ready. Um, so, you know, if I think I'm able to do it, I, I still have that. Uh, it's a lot, of, a lot of support from a lot of people, you know, a lot of fans that I didn't realize I had and I'm grateful for now. Um, reached out, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's cool to see that, you know, so many people care. That's, uh, yeah, you know, there's anything that happens, you know, there's always some, some highlight of it. And like I said, that's been a highlight of this to see the everybody come together to, you know, send wishes and, um, yeah, you know, like I said, I've had offers to ride real nice bikes, you know, some of the nicest bikes out there, you know, just for somebody to trust you to do that, it it means a lot. Absolutely.
0: Have, Bo, have you guys like as you were laying in a hospital bed, have you thought about the safety aspect? Cam brought up the whole fact that you that you have to wear a ballistic vest. Is there anything safety related wise that you've thought about that you know maybe it could have helped? alleviate some of the pain or the impact or the injury that you know maybe you and other writers have talked about on the phone it's it's that's one i think one one can say say go ahead I, I was going to say, that's one consistent thing. You know, when we'd have a nitrous fire or a car would catch on fire, or we'd have something happen. You know, we're always talking about, okay, what could we do to prevent that? You know, can we have automatic shutoffs? You know, they have the lead system and so forth. What kind of things have, have you and your other peers in, in the circle talked about trying to be safer that you might have learned from this?
2: You know, the only thing that, um, I can really change to make that might've prevented that situation is a different fairing on my bike there. Most of the bikes out there now have the fairings that have a, um, a little section that comes out and protects the hand from the wind. Um, my bike didn't have that fairing and, um, they didn't, they didn't run those fairings for years. And a lot of guys, you know, I mean, some, some old legend racers said, ah, oh, man, my hand never got blown off the bars. And I did two thirty, you know, and, uh, <laughs> But now after my hand got blown off the bars, I, I'm, I'm switching to that fairing, you know. I, I, that's about it, but far as and Leathers, I mean, as little of the road rash that I got, it, it, it's pretty impressive. I mean, those things held up. I mean, the seam came out of the elbow. Um, I'm gonna get some better gloves, the gloves I had, you know, they ground on my index finger, my left hand pretty good down to the bone. Um, it was just kind of the seam on the glove split. Um, but between the gloves, the gloves and the fairing, that's about the only thing that I, you know, my my showy helmet did great. I got it sitting there in my bedroom, and it's um, it's incredible how how great they make the safety equipment. And I mean, how many you know lives it saved, and it's going to continue to save as long as they keep up the good work doing it.
1: Absolutely, there. Uh, it's amazing how, you know, you see some of these. You know, we talked about that on a previous podcast about how people buy a sixty dollar helmet and. You know, they wonder, oh, well, I'm just cheaping out. But, yet yeah, they're driving a $150,000 car. I mean, let Bo be an example to you guys. Like, he bought all the right stuff. He uses name brand equipment for such reasons that, you know, we would all don't expect and, and plan on having something happen, you know. But if if and when it does, I mean, you want to be as protected as humanly possible.
2: Yeah, the leathers, that's, that's a big one. Uh, you know, there's some other companies out there making leathers and uh, – um you know, there's some, some off-brands, and they're a lot thinner, a lot lighter. And I was thinking, hey, man, you know, that'll drop 10 pounds on the overall weight, but it's going to, uh, you know, the safety issue. And it, uh, I'm glad I never did that, you know. I have never –
0: now I know, you know. Yeah. If you don't know, now you know. <laughs> Living it's proof lit. of it. Living proof of it. Well, Bo, we appreciate having you on. This is the part where we're going to kind of let... Is there anybody that you want to thank? Anybody you want to mention? I've, heck, I'd say... I, I, typically, we talk about somebody that... Most people on our show that have been racing for decades, but we've got you. You've got like three years under your belt, it seems like. So, But I'm sure there's people... That are involved in your in your racing and in your career that you want to mention or or give them some credit, but we'll give you an opportunity for that.
2: Yeah, you know, there's a couple sponsors, Dixon Flannel Company. They helped me out quite a bit this year. Great guys, great people. Want to mention them for sure. They're you know they took a chance on me, and you know (laughs) we ended up bringing bringing a Wally home with them. Um, You know, twice this last (laughs) race. Yeah. Yep. Yes, sir. And then, uh, you know, this last race, I had, you know, some, uh, local friends of mine helped me out Jefferson State Diesel and the Saw shop. And, um, you know, like, like to thank them too. But, uh, most of all, it's, uh, you know, family and and the crew, you know I mean? Like I said before, the real mines, Doug Vansel, um, you know, my crew guy, Brian, a great guy down there in uh, Southern California. comes most of the races on his own dime just because he loves it you know what i mean without him i I couldn't do it you know he's uh one of those guys My crew chief jack row mine i that guy he comes out before the beginning of the season and spends you know four to six weeks here at my house hanging out you know staying in the spare bedroom helping me work on the bike getting everything together and um it's just people like that you know without without that we wouldn't be where we were at and my family you know to let for them to let me do it and you know it's a lot on them too you know my wife works and she has to get you know take time off work and book air air airplane tickets and my son in school yeah you know it's it's a group effort uh, you know i was telling somebody not too long ago it's not about me winning the race it's you know when when we won't win a round or something it's like you let you let the team down you let everybody, everybody down around you Hundred percent. I, I feel like me not winning you know what i mean
0: but i want to bring it home for those guys also absolutely we know exactly what you mean <laughs> well Bowden, this is going to be the off the cuff portion of our show as we're going to wrap up here so there's two questions that I ask every guest that we have that come on the first one is you get to send one Christmas card to one person in the motorsports world who is it one, one Christmas card and it's a nice Christmas card not a, not a bad Christmas card
2: <laughs> uh, Jack Romine my crew chief, I like right. said, he's been like a been like a dad to me since I met him. I love that dude. That's there we cool.
0: go. That's awesome. All right, now here's the one that we is always our surprise. You get to send one WTF card to one person in the motorsports world. Just anyone at all. One WTF. Who is it? oh man you should have prepared me on that one that's a that's a tough one <laughs> oh my god he's got that many
2: <laughs> <laughs> no nah, i don't have any is the problem
0: <laughs> what come on now yeah. we don't have one person that you just sit back and you go man i want to send that person a wtf no nah, i don't that might I'm be another that. that might be another first for our podcast I I, I know our listeners can't see you, but you know, I'm sure they'll all, they all will after they listen to the podcast. They're going to go out and Google you and look at you on Facebook, but you, you are. Uh, for someone, as they know now that you used to box and and so forth, and you're sitting there and you got tattoos on your arms, you got you know three quarter beard going on, a flannel shirt, and and which most people would look at from a lumberjack type of persona, and this guy doesn't have a WTF to send to anybody.
1: It goes <laughs> to, it just goes to show you, man. You know, don't judge a book by its cover.
0: That's it. Uh, That's exactly it. it. All right. Well, Bo, thank you very much for coming on. We greatly appreciate it. We are very, very happy that you are social media famous, but you are also social media here physically for yourself, your family. Uh, I think you do a great job. I've witnessed driving by on the golf cart numerous times uh, with my wife, and you're shaking hands and signing autographs for the kids and people outside your trailer. And for all of us that think all the Nitro guys are on Harleys are crazy, you do everything you possibly can to let them know that you're an everyday person just like they are. So I thank you for that in our sport of drag racing. Thank you, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on.
1: Yeah, no worries. Best of luck to you, and we hope to uh, the racer in us hopes to see you at Indy. But make sure you heal correctly and properly first, and uh, come out for that 2020 assault. For sure. Thanks, Cam. Have a good one, Bo. See you, sir. Thank you.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, Cam, there you go. Mr. Bolane, can can you take a, a step back of somebody who's humble? I I mean the guy hits a wall. Uh if I mean I I'm gonna sit back and look at it from a standpoint of evaluating somebody that he just he's like, that bike's slow, that bike's slow, that bike's slow. He just he runs right through the ranks, and then the next then thing the- he does is he's holding two Wallys this year in I mean in the premier top fuel nitro harley class uh in the country oh hell yeah I mean he's like sounds to me like he's
1: your typical poster boy to be an American badass if you ask me and uh you know he couldn't have been a cooler guy you know that's the unfortunate part sometimes I don't get to go and and get to introduce myself to a lot of these these people that are out at the races and and that's what people don't realize is, is as small as racing is, or as big as racing is, like we're all kind of doing our own things. And, and that's kind of the bummer that, you know, the higher ranked and in things you have to do at the racetrack become, you know, kind of affects the, you know, I've never really gotten to, to meet Bo, but he's a freaking awesome dude. Like I, I want to go over and shake his hand just because he's a badass dude. Like, you know, so that's, that's really cool. And just goes to show you like what kind of great people are in the, in the sport of drag racing, but you know, honestly, motorsports as a whole.
0: Uh, I think I totally agree with that because there are a lot of people out there that we don't get to meet uh, or introduce that you know from a distance. You know who they are or, or so forth. You hear their name, um, but most yeah, you it, know,
1: like the ten thousand foot level, you know, right, But exactly. when You get down to it, like they're they're really cool people.
0: Yeah, and that's absolutely spot on for that. And, and like I said, I've I've talked to Bo a couple times, and and just seeing, I mean, he is he. You don't judge. Uh, for our listeners, I mean, you look at the guy and uh, you're like, hey, I'm not really interested in talking to him. You know, he's got that persona about him. And then, and I'm sorry, but you're on a top fuel Harley, you got to be a little off. <laughs> there's no there's no way they're getting Jenny Craig and Weight Watchers to come into the class to be sponsors. These guys that ride these bikes are monsters, dude. They need to be like down linemen or something, you know, in the NFL or, you know, wrestlers or what the case are, but they're out there manhandling the these motorcycles, and then to see him get off, and you meet somebody like Bo, who's really just a genuine, sincere person, uh, who ha- takes time for kids. You you can hear his sincerity about being a family person. Small team, number two in points, had a really significant opportunity to be the the nitro. You know the Harley Davidson nitro. Uh, top fuel champ this year uh but nonetheless got two wallies i think all the sponsors should be be proud of the work that he's put in and how he represents them across the country absolutely 100 percent. well cam dude stupid fast racing sell, yeah, go, sell. Get
1: your, go get your shirts man your hoodies your shirts they're they're selling like hotcakes From what I understand.
0: Well, good. They're going to need them in Brainerd this weekend. It's going to be chilly up there. People in the zoo, they're going to need our hoodies. They're going to be in the zoo.
1: Yep. Go over to the Stupid Fast Racing Trailer and get yourself one. Or if you're not at the event, make sure you log on to racersandrentalcars.com and get yourself some swag. But uh, this comes to the part of the show where we like to thank Voice America for allowing us to, to do the podcast and along with PDS, Performance Data Systems, out there, and you know, streetway marketing media. We're uh, we're really enjoying this podcast. It's it's actually growing and growing. We we talk about that a lot, but it's it's doing really, really well. And we, we really thank all you guys for that. It's it's very humbling to like I said, we always look at the stats and we're we're just amazed and it's because of all the listeners out there. So thank you guys very much. And we will be giving away more stuff. Actually that reminds me I need to go or Don, you need to go pick a winner for the Racers and Rental Cars hat. For our our social media winner
0: but i do need to do that and we will make that announcement next week as we're going into bowling green uh and indy so if you're going if your listeners you're going to be in bowling green or indy for the u.s nationals i believe what i've heard rumor wise is cam and i are going to both be on the same side of the racetrack and so if that's the case please come by and make sure to say hello uh you never know might have a racers and rental cars podcast decal for you you never know what will happen from that standpoint and of course stupid fast racing will have our apparel on the midway there we go take us home cam i think i just did you took us home yeah Yeah. crap i should pay attention all right dude have a good one you too later Uh, see ya